Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Are you familiar with direct marketing? Tom Aglio joins me today to share tips for marketing to clients and best practices for getting on their radar to be heard, hired, and hopefully hired again. Tom is a voice actor with 20 years experience in the industry and a direct marketing coach. Get ready to take some notes because applying Tom's tips will get your business noticed. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks so much for having me, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Of course. So we'll get right into it here. It's a very exciting topic. So what is direct marketing and can you give us some examples? Yeah. So direct marketing is really any kind of outreach that you do on your own, you know, through whatever medium is, is comfortable for you, be it email, you know, traditional phone call, LinkedIn, other, other social media sources. Uh, and it's basically you going directly to the client or to the production studio and seeing if there is some kind of roster that they keep a voice talent that they like to work with. And, you know, these are going to be jobs that you may not see uh, in other places. Um, and it's really just uh, it's, it's trying to find as much work out there as you can. So many different ways that you can yeah. market directly to clients. I, I was just thinking like postcards, maybe someone still does that or. Yeah, or this- yeah that's definitely apologize for in- interrupting. That's definitely I, I've definitely seen some people, believe it or not, have success with with the postcard still. A lot of yeah. things that you would think are outdated still kind of work. So. Yeah, well, getting on the radar is the most important thing. Yeah. And I know we're a very digital kind of world right now, but I think there's there's still nothing quite like getting a handwritten note. That's just me. But anyway, um, <laughs> while we're still on the subject of all this direct marketing goodness, um, I wonder, Tom, like, what is the first thing a talent who is new to direct marketing should be considering? Yeah, a lot. One of the things that they that they want to really consider, and, and especially if if they've been in the business for for a decent amount of time, is they want to know where they shine. Like, what's their niche? You know. If they book a lot of work in, let's say, commercials, then maybe they should be reaching out to commercial production companies or to commercial sound studios or even, you know, end clients, big brands, and really just reinforcing and highlighting that they specialize in commercial work. Same thing with narration, uh, video games, animation. You know, of course, they want to make sure that they have that relevant demo or body of work that they can present to the client. But that's really the first thing that they want to do because direct marketing, I mean, it could be you can market to a million different things and feel like you haven't even made a dent. Um, so really honing in on what you do well and what resonates the best with your business, I would say is the first thing that someone should do um, before they really ever start direct marketing to anyone, no matter the medium that they decide to do it in. Right. Like you have to know yourself, and that means yep. having a brand, right? So Exactly. Um, so can you tell us, Tom, why is having a brand important and how does it impact marketing your voiceover business? Sure. You know, so I, I tell everybody, I tell my students, you know, you're you're a business and businesses have brands. And you know, trust is one of the main things that um, that we look for nowadays. And, you know, we want to trust the companies that we do business with. So my brand is your millennial guy next door. I tend to book a lot of young sounding casual millennial type roles. And also I, I do a lot of work for companies that, that resonate well with that audience. Um, so for me to go to a company and tell them, here's my brand and here's what I do best, I want to make sure that I can back that up. So by knowing your brand, and again, it goes back to, like you said, knowing who you are. And if you can really give what you claim to be selling, then then it just makes you appear that much more trustworthy as a business. Uh, and it makes people want to hire you. Definitely. I think anyone who knows 
what their brand is, what they stand for, what they'll record, what they won't, how that impacts their decisions and what, you know, how they even present themselves. Like yeah. some talent have headshots, some talent don't. Some talent want to have really neat colors and others are like, oh, I, I just want to go with this icon or, or whatever, yeah. you know, something a little less uh, flashy. So um, since every voice is unique, as we know, and voice actors always say that, we're not really in competition with each other. We're, we're more or less, you know, uh, our own talent and, and the client will decide, um, you know, are the talent actually in competition with one another when they're direct marketing or is the competition more about the reach and resonance that, that uh, they have? You know, it's funny, um, you know, competition is something I talk a lot about and I say to a lot of people, you know, it's community, not competition. Um, you know, yes, of course, if you, if you submit to a casting call and there are a hundred other people who, who audition, sure, yeah, you can say that you're in competition with them. But in terms of the direct marketing, there's just so much work out there and there are so many companies that resonate differently with different types of people that there really is not competition when it comes to direct marketing. And, I, and I've gotten some of, some of my biggest clients and biggest jobs have come from referrals from other voice talent. And some of my friends' biggest jobs and biggest, and biggest clients have come from referrals from me. You know, I'm, I'm always the first person to say to a client, and I even say it when I reach out to people, if I'm not the right voice for you, I'm happy to refer you to somebody who is uh, and someplace where you can find that voice talent. Um, and, and that really does come back to you in spades because I, I really believe that people like to help each other and, and want to be helped. So if you're willing to help people and refer people and refer clients to them, then I, I do believe that that does come back to you in spades. And I can attest to the fact that that is definitely the truth, at least for me and my business. And that's the beauty of the voiceover community. I think this has got to be one of the friendliest communities yes, out there. It I think really voiceover is. is welcoming and people are so happy to share tips all yeah. the time. And, um, you know, it's great to hear you say that. But for someone to be able to recommend or refer, they actually need to know what you do. So mm -hmm. you need to have an elevator pitch or some way of, of distinguishing yourself from other people. So um, for those talent who have determined what it is that they're really great at and they know yeah. how to go about marketing themselves, in what ways does direct marketing give someone that advantage that they have? You know, it's funny because there are a few different ways that people can um, can really get that advantage by direct marketing. I mean, one, you go right to the end client, you know. So if they say, I, I, had a, uh, I, had a, I have a friend who she was marketing to uh, an ad agency. I don't remember the name of it. But um, they had said, yeah, we just held auditions, you know, through agents and whatever um, for this big you know, campaign for this big, you know, national supermarket chain, you know, but we didn't like anybody. Why don't you give it a shot? So you could be getting auditions from from these end clients or even like the ad agencies and stuff that other people may not be getting. So that naturally increases your chances of booking the job. But also it lets people know who you are. And one of the things that I do when I direct market is I like to, to talk a little bit about myself and who I am as a person. Um, and because I, I really do believe that, the, you know, uh, marketing is a business transaction and the basis for any business transaction is trust. And one of the main ways to build trust is through familiarity. So by you reaching out to somebody directly and really just getting to know the person and le letting them get to know you, you find that oftentimes you have a lot of common ground and we want to work with people who we can get along with. So by you directing direct marketing to a client or to a brand or whatever it may be, you allow them into your world and you can show them who you are. And at the end of the day, I think that's, you know, we all want that connection, especially now in this post-COVID world where many things are remote. Um, it really does give you that that human interaction, uh, you know, advantage that I feel is, is, is really beneficial. 
Wow, that is really interesting. And I like the whole idea of you're finding auditions that aren't necessarily advertised because they're not, right? Because they'd be posting them somewhere or you get a call from somebody else through whoever. But but when you go to a client directly and you build that relationship, then I find that it is so much better. And one of the ways that I know that I've, you know, just as someone who runs voices or yeah. owner of voices, um, whenever I see people kind of come on my radar and I'm, I'm not in a position necessarily to hire any of them sure. to do anything, but, um, you know, it's it's like, oh, well, you know, they'll show up, kind of follow you on your, your social stream and then yeah. they might like something, they may comment and and then possibly, you know, share or, or add value to that post. And, and all of a sudden, like you see a repeated um, behavior of this kind of interaction going on. And it's yeah. like, I, I'm getting to know you and we're in each <laughs> other's space. And and now like when I see something from you, I know who you are, you know, we're right. not, you know, maybe not met in person, but nonetheless, there's some kind of a relationship that's established. And then all of a sudden it turns into, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Or, yeah. or like, you know, any number of different opportunities could come up. Now, if you're actually looking at producers, like talented producer, it could be, oh, you know what? You you really seem like someone we'd like to call in. Like, you yeah. know, you seem to follow what we're doing. You're up on what our studio is talking about. And, and uh, oh, you're local? Oh, how great is that? You know, you never <laughs> know what could come of it. Yeah, you know, you it really is. It's, you know, that age old, you know, it's not it's not what you know, it's who you know. And, and networking is just, it will never not be a good thing. Um, because, you know, again, that goes back to we want to call people in who we are familiar with. Um, and, and, you know, because when if if we give if we give somebody a job or if we refer somebody it's our reputation on the line so if we know who that person is and what they're about you know whether through it's their social media posts or through you know re, you know connections and mutual you know mutual connections like we had with Gina um it, it just it just it, it can only help you it can never it can't really ever hurt you uh to just network and, and really get to know people Right. And and yeah. for those who weren't involved in our email thread, because <laughs> I know yes. it was only the three of us, um, <laughs> it was Gina Scarpa, who everyone knows has been on the show a couple times and a wonderful coach and in our program and that kind of thing. Awesome talent on voices. Yes. Um, anyway, Gina happened to say to me, oh, well, you know, I think Tom would be a great guest on your show. So and he can talk to you about all kinds of things. But how about marketing? And, you know, just very she already knew what it was that you could speak to. And so that's a perfect example of um, that kind of networking effect, the network yeah. effect of having um, connections who know what you're really great at and then seeing opportunities, spotting them and then referring you along, making a nice email intro or, or however it happens. Uh, and then here we are today. So it's so a perfect example of, um, I would say, an organic, um, not necessarily, you know, um, calculated marketing activity. Sure. But these are sometimes the best ways to get on somebody's radar is, is through that or that common um, thread that you have or yeah. the, the connection. So, you know, that's wonderful. So, Tom... As we continue to talk about all this marketing, uh, you know, obviously you've had success with this. You're coaching people. There's a variety of different um, courses that they can take with you, which I'll, yeah. uh, we'll talk a little bit at the end. Um, but what have you had the most success with? And how do you know if your efforts have been effective? Sure. I definitely have had the most success uh, in terms of building my business with with um, direct marketing. And, and one of the ways that I can uh, that I, I measure that in a few ways. Um, I measure that, you know, in, in, in my response rate and the people that respond favorably to me that say, yeah, you know, I'll add you to a roster or people who've given me auditions or, or jobs and stuff like that. But I really also measure it in, uh, in, in my repeat work. And I, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of repeat clients who I've made, you know, through my agents or even on voices um, or, 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 you know, through my direct marketing. And, and that's really how I, I think I measure my success because, you know, when, I, when it comes to direct marketing, I'm really selling myself and, uh, 
and the fact that people do come back to me, it makes it, it, it's, it makes me realize that what I am doing is, is the right thing. Um, and again, because direct marketing, it's all about just building that relationship. And when you, you know, when you work with people, you want to do a good job and you build that relationship with them. So I think my true measure, the way that I truly measure success is, uh, the clients who keep coming back to me again and again. And, and they say to me, you know, Tom's my guy, he could do this, no problem. And, and putting that trust in me, to me, that's, that's the greatest success. I think getting hired is it's kind of the yeah. best feedback you can get, right? Everyone always says that it, it doesn't matter how many auditions you're doing. Uh, the real feedback, the the real, uh, yes, you, you were great. It, yeah. It's because you were paid for, for doing the job for them. So as we're talking about this tracking and, and metrics and, and ways of knowing if we're successful, yeah. are you using a customer relationship management software of any kind like to, to note who these people are so that you can mm-hmm. go back and say, oh, I was successful with this person or I need to follow up with that person? Yep, yep. I uh, I use a, um, a program called Upper Level CRM, um, and uh, it's by a guy named Brad Newman, who's like just ridiculously just so brilliant when it comes to anything tech. Um, but it's a CRM, it's browser-based, and what it does is it allows me to upload my marketing clients. I can make notes on individual co- you know clients saying, okay, I need to address this when I contact this person next, or maybe this person has a birthday. I mean, let me reach out to them about those things. Um, I've worked with this person. I have an outstanding invoice with this person. And it really allows me to keep everything all in one place and neatly organized. And when it comes time to email people, I can upload everybody to a list and I can, um, you know, I can reach out to them accordingly based on how I want to, you know, things I want to say. Uh, and it really does automate a lot of my email outreach once I set everything up, which, you know, automation is king and, and you know, time is money. So any way that I can save time, I'm, I'm good with. And, and my CRM has really afforded me that ability. Right. Because... I don't know about you, but not everyone likes marketing. Like yeah. <laughs> it might be a funny thing to say to a, a direct marketing coach, but but not everybody is really enthused with that part of their business. They're kind of like, oh, well, I'd rather be in the booth doing what yeah. I love, right? And, but when you have an automation process or you've set up a certain schedule for yourself mm-hmm. to reach out to people and, and you have a database and you're working from that and perhaps you have a monthly newsletter or you, you're doing yeah. any number of different activities, but but when you do have that system, I believe uh, you can actually make more time for the things that you really want to be doing, you know? Exactly. But you do need to be reaching out nonetheless. So um, how would you recommend that people set something up to uh, to get in contact with? What is a good cadence for reaching out to someone over the course of a year? Sure. You know, so what I like to do is um, I, I like to, so I'll reach out to somebody initially and I'll follow up them about two or three times and I'll follow up once a week if I don't hear from them. Uh, and eventually, if I, if I don't hear from them, I just kind of let it go. There's too much opportunity out there to, you know, to, to spend all my time on one. But more often than not, I will get a response. And, you know, it's favorable. Yeah, I'll edge in my roster. And I will always ask. I will always make sure that it's okay that I check in just to stay on their radar. Um, if they say no, then it's no. I respect their wishes. But if they say yes, uh, then I, what I like to do is I like to follow up with people about like every 60 to 90 days. Um, and I just check in, you know, just doing quick little check-ins. Hey, you know, so-and-so just doing my quarterly check-in. Um, and you know, cause I always tell everyone it's, it's not their job to remember you. It's your job to make them remember you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just a simple email to jog their memory cause they're busy. Right. Um, you know, so, so just a little simple email to jog their memory and, and you never know, they might have something for you. And that's definitely happened, uh, for me with clients who I may not work with as regularly as some others, but uh, I've reached out to them and they were said, Oh, this is actually a good time. Um, you know, I'm casting this, you know, I think you'd be a great fit. Uh, and it's definitely, it's definitely turned into work. Absolutely. And and yeah. I think there are, um, I'm on a number of talent newsletter lists. Um, I'm yeah. not sure over time. I think I've just, you know, been a fan of so many of our great customers that I end up yeah. on their email lists where they're, you know, writing to the clients. And uh, I see a variety of different things from, uh, you know, newsletters that are 
regularly timed. This comes out every Tuesday on the first yep. of the month or whatever. And then there's ones where people are talking more about, oh, I'm going away. And if you need work done, you know, we've got this window that you can book me because I'm yep. going to be away from my studio. And uh, there's any number of different ways that talent are communicating and they're sharing stories about what they're up to in some cases or, you know, maybe new clients they've just welcomed into the fold, if you will, or success yeah. stories. So what kind of information do you find that someone wants to receive in a newsletter? Sometimes, like, you know, you just don't know what to put in the, the newsletter because you've got so many different clients who use you for different things yeah. or, or, you know, for different frequencies altogether. Um, what is the best way to to kind of go at a newsletter knowing sure. that it could be read by any of your clients, not just ones who've hired you for, say, audiobook narration? Sure. What I think is, you know, the fir- first and foremost with, with any kind of newsletter or anything like, you know, regular outreach like that, um, you want to make sure that you get permission and you want to say to someone, hey, so-and-so, is it okay that I add you to my newsletter or, you know, add you to my follow-up list or whatever it may be? And and if they say no, then, then you know, one of the quickest ways to lose a client is not respecting that wish. Um, but a lot of times they'll say yes. So what I think is I think it's a nice little healthy balance in a newsletter. I think it's things that you've been up to. I think also things that you've been up to in your personal life. I think, you know, too often we are so focused on the worker and not so much the person. And I think that... Um, it's refreshing to see to see a peek behind the curtain and see what somebody's all about outside of work. Um, and then also, you know, book out dates and stuff like that. It's so funny. I I, I always tell everyone like the week before um, a vacation that I'm going away is like when I'm the busiest because everybody yeah. everybody all of a sudden needs so much work. Um, but uh, I think those I think those three things a nice little healthy balance between those th- those three things is a good recipe for success. Definitely. And yeah. I know the talent are often posting on social too, and they're hoping that the clients are following them there yeah. or, or maybe trying to get clients through social media. Yeah, uh, I know Instagram and, and TikTok, I'm not active on TikTok much at all. You know, I, I don't think I've posted a TikTok, if they're even called, I don't know, do you call it, you post a TikTok? I don't even know. But anyway, you know, my ignorance aside, yeah. um, are these channels actually effective for, for talent who are using them for direct marketing? And, and which social networks would you say are the best yeah. places to focus their time? Well, you definitely, I definitely recommend to all talent having a, a presence on, the, you know, the, the four main ones, which are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and um, LinkedIn. You know, because again, you're a business, and businesses have social media feeds and 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 channels and pages, so it's important to do that. Uh, now, in terms of like you know the type of work that you can get, I've booked a good amount of work on LinkedIn, which has been great. You know, because it is a place for people to reach out for work and for jobs and everything like that, and to network. Um, but it depends on what you're into. If you're really into like uh, the animation and video game scene, then Twitter may be your best bet. If you're into uh, you know, more narration or just general kind of commercial and stuff like that. That may be something like LinkedIn or or Facebook would be your best bet. Um, Instagram has a world, which I actually learned from a, a good friend of mine named Joshua Alexander. He's a voice actor in Seattle. Um, but he uh, opened me to a whole world of LinkedIn, of, of, of in, in Instagram marketing. You know, you can actually search for production companies and ad agencies and stuff like that. And their email addresses are readily visible and available on the on their Instagram page if you do what? it through mobile. Well, yeah. I guess they would be. Yeah, that, that's yeah. crazy. And yeah, it's great. And then through keyboard shortcuts, you can message, you can email people, and you know, so so those are that Instagram's particularly good for e-learning and and things like that because there's just so many companies on there. Uh, TikTok, um, the people who do TikTok, it's so funny. Um, a, a good <laughs> friend of mine, Lucas Arnold, he became like TikTok famous, and uh, I can't really speak too much to the work on there, but people have reached out to him for work because he's such a presence on TikTok. And I think that's more of like uh, a celebrity 
you know, uh, influencer type thing as opposed to anything else. And the fact that he's really, really talented is, uh, is just adds to it. Um, so TikTok and YouTube are one of those things that two of those things that are harder to build up. But, um, it's, if you, if you are a content creator and you can make it happen, then the world is just, you know, it opens you up to the world because those are like the celebrities nowadays are influencers. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say LinkedIn, I think has, uh, the most activity that I've seen so far as professionals kind of talking shop, you know, yeah. like they're, they're in there and they're saying, oh, my gear, this or that, or this experience in the field or what have you. There's a ton of mentoring, by the way, that goes on on LinkedIn. Yes. It's really nice to see. Um, and Twitter, I think, is more of like the raw, raw, I got mm-hmm. a job. Look at this. Yep. I'm fascinated because these channels are not going away and talent need to know how to use them effectively and not yep. get sucked into the whole, um, you know, other aspects of those networks, right. which is, you know, any negativity or conversations that are uh, not, you know, aligning with the brand that they wish to project um, to other people. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like it's, you want to be careful because when you are direct marketing in public and, yeah. you're, you know, your clients will see all of your activity on social as well, you know, if they're following you. So just keeping in mind that uh, if you want to have a cohesive, coherent and consistent brand, uh, then you need to behave that way, both yes. online, offline, through email, on the phone, in person, whatever. So 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing you post on social media ever goes away. And especially nowadays where people are actively looking on social media to make sure that you do not, you know, go against what they stand for as a brand. It is so important to conduct yourself as a business, you know, because you're not just it's not just a personal page. You're out there and everything that you do is going to be under the radar is, is going to be, you know, it's going to be looked at and under the microscope. So it's important to carry yourself properly on social media. So obviously we went down like a little rabbit trail. We found ourselves somewhere else on another planet. So everyone, we're coming back to direct marketing in, yeah. in terms of not social networking. Um, but but Tom, so obviously there's there's a difference between your existing clientele yep. that you market to and you keep up to date and, and all this uh, versus someone that's a prospect. So I, I think it might be worthwhile for us to go over language like what is a lead, what is a sure. prospect, and, and what is a client, and then how do you market to those three? Sure. So, you know, the easy one is a client is somebody that you've worked with. And I also re- I also regard people who have sent me auditions um, as my clients because they, they'll kind of fall into that outreach of of, um, you know, how, how I handle existing clients and stuff like that. Now, in terms of a, a lead uh, and a prospect, you know, these are potentials. These are potential clients. And, you know, they, you, you have it on, on, on good with good information that this person could, in fact, hire voice talent or could refer you to somebody who could hire voice talent. Um, you know, so, so what I will do is when it comes to those people, those first outreaches, I like to be as professional as possible. And I like to be as, as upfront as possible. I tell them a little bit about myself and then I kind of get right to it because they're, you know, time is money. And that's the most valuable thing that, that any client wants is, is, is time. Um, so I make sure that, uh, I'm respecting their time and I get right to the point. Once I work with you and, and we kind of have established this relationship, then, you know, our emails may get a little bit less formal. Um, you know, our emails, we may, we may chat a little bit more back and forth and stuff like that. But when it comes to really just t- reaching out to somebody right away, I like to keep it business and, and as quick and to the point as possible. Um, and also with my existing clients, a lot of times they'll come to me that they need a voice type and I will, I will let them know about, about voices.com and, uh, or, or, you know, tell them they can find a lot of different talent out there, you know, that, that I may not fit the bill for. So, um, I like to handle referrals and, and be very informal with my existing clients. But for new prospects and new leads, I like to make sure that uh, I stay as quick and to the point as possible. I like it. 
I yeah. think everyone else is going to like that too. So it's good they're having this conversation. Yeah. Because um, you've, you've just answered a lot of questions for me, I know, and others as well. And and when you have your existing clientele, they know you, you've built up rapport, yeah. and, and there's that permission marketing that's happening, basically. Mm-hmm. Like they've given you that. And then there's the others where you have to earn it. So yeah. one question that did come to mind, I know this is probably the last question I'll ask you before our time sure. is done. Um, but so far as those initial introductions to people in cold emails or however you're you're going about it. How long should this email be? You said to get to the point, to be direct, yeah. but but what does that actually mean? Like how many words or how many sentences? Sure. So what I like to do is my rule of thumb is when you uh, email somebody, if you look at if you look at the email that you sent them on like a computer, uh, no more than six lines. And even then, six lines I like to keep it more four to five lines. Um, so you know, literally when you email somebody, it'll just be like you know five to six lines of text. Um, the reason being also you want to keep it short and sweet and to the point, but also a lot of people, more than half of people, are checking their email on the phone. So you want to make sure that you're not forcing them to scroll up and down uh, to, to read your email. And I always lead with my call to action because at the end of the day, that's what I want an answer to. Um, and if that's the only thing that they see and that they have time to look at, then then I feel like I did my job. Um, so I like to keep it no more than like five to six lines uh, uh, per email. That's a great tip. I was just thinking when you're doing an introduction to someone uh, or you're trying to connect on LinkedIn, when they let you send that initial message, you can only send so many characters. And that's probably a good, like if you're used to sending short little messages to kind of say, hi, this is who I am. I think we should connect because of this reason. That's likely about the length you're talking about. So um, no, that's that's quite clarifying. Thank you so much. And and, uh, Tom, like obviously you are a goldmine of tips for this sort of thing. So um, now is the time for me to ask you, like how can people get a hold of you and where can they learn more about what you do? Absolutely. So you can find me on TomAglio.com. I'm a full-time voice actor as well as a coach. Um, And if you wanted to coach with me specifically, it's TomAglio.com slash coaching. And what I do is I have uh, one-on-one sessions with my students, uh, you know, potential students who, uh, you know, I I teach them my marketing methods. I teach them how to find email addresses, the different job titles to reach out to, best practices, what to say, what not to say. Um, And then, uh, and I also help them craft emails if needed. And, uh, and yeah, so, so info at TomAglio.com is my email address. And I also work with who I know uh, you guys know as Bruce Cronenberg over at Abacus. I'm a performance yes. and, and career coach there as well. Um, so you can also find me through them too. Wonderful. I'm so yeah. glad to hear it. Yes. Shout out and some love to Abacus there. Yes, so, very yes, much. Thank you, Tom. It's been such a pleasure to have you here today. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for following Vox Talk and for being part of our community. Thank you also to our special guest, Tom Aglio, for sharing his vast knowledge of direct marketing and how to get the word out about your business. If you found this episode valuable, share it with your friends so they can listen to it too. For Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.